This morning, I, I'm, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to share with our church because it's a topic that has been resonating in my heart for a while, probably a lot of my life. And this whole series, Road Trip with Jesus, has been instrumental with kind of igniting for me um, more about what God has for me, but more about what He's done and where I'm kind of going. And I hope and pray that, that that's my prayer for all of us, that it's not just the communicators that get to experience this journey or not just the singers and the worship leaders and not just the kids team, but as every single one of us, as we kind of grab a hold of our piece of the puzzle about what God wants to do in and through us. And that's my prayer today, that we have the opportunity to dial in a little bit, to kind of consider his purposes for us and think about what that looks like in our lives. And so, That's my prayer. So we're going to get ready to get started. But before we do, I do want to pray because this morning's message, I believe, is a real breakthrough message. And I'm not saying that because I'm communicating it. I'm saying it because I have been praying for all of us for most of this week, individual faces that have come up in my mind's eye. And I've just really prayed that God would absolutely send you a revelation of his heart for you that that is absolutely stirring within me. So my prayer today, yes, I've got words to say, and yes, they are God's words, but more than anything, my prayer is that through what I say, that you hear God more than anything. I'm just a vessel that he's going to use to be able to open a door for you that hopefully keeps you in awesome steed for 2019 and beyond. Because today is a very very good day. So let's pray. Father, we come before you and I just thank you so much for your plans and your purposes in all of our lives. Today, I thank you that you deposit your spirit, that you've already done an incredible work so far. But my prayer is that what I have to share from your heart is another layer that is going to just enrich our lives and give us all the tools that we need to navigate our future opportunities and our future plans and our future destiny. So I thank you for that in your son's mighty name. Amen. Cool. So let's get started. Now, you know, so I'm married to Mark Pomery, the leader here, and we've been married 21 years. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And he's always doing really cool things. So um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why I don't ask for him to do this, but he always is on a quest to find some kind of thing to better improve my life. Purely his own choices. So it might be a little gizmo thing. Okay, he orders it, have a test out. It could be hand wash. It could be dishwashing liquid. It could be this eco-friendly blah, blah, or it could be these special sponges. And you know, great, good. I don't have to think about it. If he wants to do it, that's awesome. Well, one of the gifts from online purchasing, arrived in the form of this item called Africa's Secret, Exhibit A. Apparently, this secret is an all-in skin treatment. And you know what? I was pretty excited because the reviews on this stuff is really good. Like, it's meant to just you know, blemishes disappear and evens out your complexion. And I'm thinking, dude, pretty impressed. I'm, okay, let's go with this. So I used it. Blemishes disappeared. 
fantastic. On to a winner. So, one of the nights I was getting ready to go to a girlfriend's house and I kind of wander out and I'm sometimes, I don't know if any of you are like this, but I know I'm a bit like this. Sometimes I um, vocalise my life, a bit like a musical. If I could sing, I'd sing it. But, you know, oh, I'm going to go and get a drink now. No one's in the house, probably just me, but I'll just declare it that that's what I'm doing. Or um, I'm just going to go and have a shower. Great, congratulations, but I just declare it. A bit like that in our household. And so I'm coming out, shower, and I'm getting ready to go and it's because it's a girl's night and just because we're watching movies and stuff, I thought, oh, no makeup, don't have to dress up, trackies, all that kind of stuff, awesome. So I say to my husband, babe, oh, you know that um, Africa secret? I think, like I put it on my blemishes and they disappear. So you know what? I think I'm just going to put them on my wrinkles because I've got wrinkles on my forehead. So I'm just going to put them there because I reckon <laughs> they'll disappear, you know. Not even a breath, I'm telling you, not even a pause, not even a let me think about it. This was the response. Babe, it's Africa's secret, not Africa's miracle. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. So I definitely have the authority to talk on resilience today. <laughs> definitely. So, so let that ponder in your mind a little bit and think about, you know, what that means for all of us when we're considering this concept of resilience. And so today's title, if you're working with one, Road Trip to Resilience. That's what we're kind of hovering on today. And for me, it's a big, big topic. And I do want to say this before we kind of kick on. I'm pretty convinced that whilst I'll share my story and share how God has done things in and through my life, I can guarantee you that if I gave each of you the microphone, you'd be pretty well versed in sharing your resilient stories as well. So we're in this together. And we're in this because we as a people understand some of these principles that kick us over into building that muscle that grows us, stretches us and moulds us. So... I looked at heaps of dictionary definitions kind of thing and, you know, they, you kind of flick all through them but I wanted to hang my hat on one and one that I love the most is resilience equals elasticity and I love that because think of that imagery and I love words. It's being pliable. It's being able to withhold pressure. It's been able to stretch out to the point that you can probably bounce back. And even though you might be a little bit stretched out, you still have that resistance factor built in because that's what elastic stuff does. And resilience actually builds that in us and through us. And we're going to look at how that happens. So getting right into it, for me, one of the biggest stories in the Bible. Now, some of us have heard it. We could recite it, eyes closed, and some of us have never heard it before. It doesn't matter. I'm going to read it anyway. It's going to be flicked up on the screen. So if you've got the Elevate app, just click on the Bible little section and it's all written there. Or I'll just read it and you can close your eyes and listen. No, no pressure at all. Now, this story to me, it shaped me from a very young age, but only as I got older and things started to 
develop and situations started to intensify, did I understand the magnitude of this story and what it means for me and hopefully what it means for you. So it's from the book of Matthew and Matthew recounts this story and the title of it is Jesus Calms a Storm and that seems pretty cool but before he gets to that point, something happens. So let's read. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Awesome. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by waves. But he was asleep. He was Jesus. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Hmm. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Interesting. And then the men marvelled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Interesting. Now, this story has taught me so much, and we're going to kind of dissect it just a little. If anything, it has made the biggest difference for me when, it un- when I understand what this concept of resilience is in my life and how then I've applied things to help shape me. See, the interesting thing is this. The journey on the boat was with Jesus, right? So that's what we're kind of getting from the beginning of the story. He stepped on first and they all followed the disciples after. Sit down. So it seems to me before even they took off, he was asleep. It's a little bit like my mum when she flies on an aircraft. I don't know how, is have any of you like this? You're not even taxiing off the runway and you've already got your eyes closed and you're sitting there with your little cushy pillow thing, lights out. Me, I am freaking out. If I could fly the thing, I would. I'd be ready pacing, okay, I'll take over. Pilot, don't worry, I've got your back up. I can fly this thing. I've never flown anything in my life, but I'm here, I've got you. That's me. I freak out. So I'm probably a little bit more in the disciples camp. With my mum or some of you, lights out, ready to sleep. Don't bother me until I get to the other side. I think Jesus was ready to do that. Well, not so much because soon as he kind of fell asleep, Shortly after a while, a little bit like flying, turbulence happened. Oh, my God, we're going to die. Oh, my God, look, the plane's dipped too far. I can feel it dipping too far on the boat. Oh, my God, the wave has crashed over. We're dead. Oh, that's it. I'm going to see a whale. I'm going to get swallowed or a shark's going to bite my legs. We're over. That's it. I know. Let's wake Jesus. He was asleep. And he's like, oh. What? What are you whinging about? What? Why are you afraid? What's happening to you? And I think the disciples were Italian. I do. Because the ranting, the raving, the complaining, they had to have been European at some point, surely. Surely. And oh my God, we're going to die. I could just imagine my uncle was, oh, deal me, we die. Today we finish. No worry. It's over. Okay. Not done. I cannot live. No more. It's over. This was the disciples. This is what Jesus was dealing with. Very, very interesting. I'm going to pause there. 
So one of the myths about being a church leader or someone who um, is in church life as a full-time Christian is that we probably don't go through anything that's massive or quite storm-like in the story, for instance. And it appears that we might have this exclusive supernatural power that when the storms do come or when the situations do arise or when the problems kind of get heated, that we just have to click our fingers or clap our hands and we've got the answers instantly in front of us. That's not entirely true. People are people. Doesn't matter what role we have. Doesn't matter what experiences we've got necessarily. We experience storms, full stop. We experience situations that are overwhelming, full stop. We all, in some point in our lives, in some kind of capacity, have been in that situation or are in that situation where we're literally in the boat facing the storm. Ten years ago, Mark and I had these great jobs and we were working as full-time church leaders um, here in Perth at Riverview Church down the road. Fantastic time. Awesome. We had been there both probably 10 to 12 years as staff members and at which point we had felt, well, we had decided, should I say, that our time there was finished and we were going to move over to Adelaide and actually take over and lead a church in Adelaide. So we sold everything. We literally did the whole put your chips in the one basket. That's what we did. And we sold our house. We packed up our life and we literally chucked it across the nullarbor and ended on the other side expecting great things, thinking that this was where our next Days we're going to be here, we're going to die here. That freaked me out a little bit because I'm like, I don't really want to die in Adelaide. Not that there's anything wrong with Adelaide, but I just didn't want to die there. But, you know, I thought, well, look, that's probably where it's going to be for us. Fine, no worries. (laughs) Twelve months later, Mark gets fired from that job. That was a very interesting situation because, now remember, no house to come back to. Furniture we kind of got rid of in some points. Some points we collected and packed stuff and kind of chucked it back across the nullarbor thinking, what are we going to do with it? I think at one point it was just kind of sitting in the depot for a while. We didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do. And just the story goes on. And it was a really interesting time. Now, for me, the bit that really seemed to... A whole host of stuff happened... And, yep, there was great opportunity for us to kind of seek, you know, counselling and support and friendships that um, I don't have time to share in this message, but maybe in another one another time, which is a very, very interesting um, kind of journey there as well, that we did do that. But the thing that really um, got me thinking, why have I been affected so much by this situation is because... People that we trusted, really close people that we trusted, that we put our lives, invested into them, they invested into us, we knew their kids, we had dinners with them, went away, did all these things, actually betrayed us. Like they were the ones who we thought would have our back and they didn't. And that is really hard. And I'm seeing some of you nod and... 
ah, yeah, we're in this together. We know what it like, what it's like at some point for our, our, our trust to be betrayed for a whole host of reasons. And you know those reasons and I know the reasons of why it happened with me. But it's a really hard, hard place to hover. It's really just, it just sucks literally the life out of you. And that was the moment that I would have to say that this story about the storm seemed to just probably ignite the most. It was the thing that I could clutch onto because the storm was so volatile that I felt completely depleted because I was so reliant on pleasing people and making sure that I would be there and give my everything. When I do something, I pour my everything into it. I don't do a half baked thing. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend full tilt. If I'm your, I will be there. That's me. So this just ripped raw for me. And it was something that I had a moment where I could have probably, yes, reacted like the disciples, which I did, but I didn't say we were going to perish and die. I was like, God, I never want to trust another person again. I do not like people. People suck. I don't like relationships and you can go and get and you can put your own swear word in there, go for it. And I said those swear words quite a lot because I was not at all in a position where I wanted to trust anybody. So now, where does that leave me, us, you? So we come back to Perth after a whole year of, you know, just really kind of getting restored, which was fabulous, amazing, an incredible experience, heartbreaking at the same time. Once that kind of process had happened where I was able to be in a place with counselling, friend, support, we didn't come back to um, Perth straight away. We stayed in Melbourne for 12 months. That was the best thing. As much as the natural place was to run back to family, I kind of felt that if we did run back with family, it would have been the worst thing. Not that my family are amazing, but they would have jumped in the boat with us and gone, yeah, they suck. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't need that then. Probably after, but not then because I probably would have stayed and drowned and I didn't want to do that. So we surrounded ourselves with people who were like, yep, sucks, but what are we going to do about it? (laughs) I don't know. Send my uncles from Naples because they're in the mafia and they know what to do about it. Maybe I could do that. (laughs) Okay, maybe not, but let's try something a little bit more proactive and practical. Okay, okay. So, you know, it was a good thing. Um, Come back to Perth and literally before me, what was there? Now, what was there is this. So, (sighs) I've got two thoughts and I'm just trying to think of the best one to go with. So, the thing that helped me were two kind of avenues, was an internal space and an external space. And the second part of this scripture is when Jesus says, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. And it's not that he was questioning my faith in him. It was probably questioning my faith that he was actually in the boat. See, the the money shot in this story is that while the storms are happening, while things are going crazy, while it looks as though there will be death and carnage and just destruction, 
the reality of the situation is Jesus is actually in the boat. So whilst it looked as though and probably very real looked like it was going to overturn and go crazy, what I needed to learn was to access that Jesus in my boat. That's what I needed to do at that time. And this is what it looked like. So, come back to Perth. Didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't qualified with anything in such. I just had done admin in terms of on paper. In the church world, gosh, yes, I could do all things. Lead youth and young adults, do events, programming, um, even a council. I could do everything. But I wasn't ready to go back there. You can forget it. I was at peace with church and people, but I wasn't going to go back there. You forget it. Needed to do something. What happened? Okay, so I ended up, um, just keeping an eye on the time, sorry. I ended up getting a job that absolutely was for me. It was my old school, would you believe? So my old high school, I ended up going there and working as administrative assistant and I ended up kind of overseeing the student services area that we built into the school. It was the best job for me because it restored me and my principal, who was my deputy principal when I was in year seven, would you believe? No, year eight. She had kind of come back to the school and she believed in me so much, like just was a real anchor. She saw things in me that I didn't really remember being there. I didn't want to stay in that job though. So what I thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to study. <laughs> what the heck did I do that for? It was hard. So I was working full-time and I was studying full-time to become a primary school teacher. First of all, it was to be a psychologist. That got really hard because I'm not good at statistics. So I did everything up until my two units of statistics and then I wanted to poke my eyes out. So I stopped, trans transferred. <laughs> I've got some psychs in the, in the auditorium, I'm not looking in their direction, but good on them because they are legends. I love, I love, I love. I might still go back to it being a bit older. I might eventually, but right now, or back then it was like, no way. Transitioned and took those units and put them over into primary school teaching and did that. So I busted a degree out in two and a half years, really hard. So ended up moving and getting out of that school, heartbreaking. But what did I do? I ended up going to work in another school that was really awful because the principal, best intentions, but really overworked teachers and staff and it was horrible. So I was like, God, I can't do this. What did I do? I decided I'm not going to stay here forever. So I picked up and started to do my master's. So whilst I was doing that, I was doing my master's alongside doing my teacher. Yes. Then once I had done that, I'd moved into another school. And the school that I am at now, I believe, is a gift from God. I believe it was set for me. Because why? And I'm telling you all this why. Way back when I knew and decided that I had to recognise that Jesus was in the boat, I needed to do something to outwork, to push through, to build up, to break through. I needed to do something. I could have stayed in the boat. So yes, step one, I realised he was in the boat. Brilliant. I stayed in there for a little bit, which is what I did in my first job, and realised, okay, now it's time for me to do something. Where does resilience come into that? I started to build that muscle further. When the storms came, I clutched on tighter. Because believe me, over the last... Oh, 
little time, storms continued to arise in varying capacities, in varying ways. Like I remember crying one time, literally crying my eyes out because I had to relearn a skill that I hadn't done for years. And, you know, you, you put yourself in a similar category. It may not be essay writing, but for me, that was a skill that I had to learn and I couldn't do it. It was so hard for me to formulate words, to make sense, to prove to people that I am smart, that I can do it and that I can actually you know, say that I believe this stuff, massive, massive thing. For you, it might be something different. Whatever skill and strategy that you had to learn to implement, same feelings of hopelessness though, same feelings of feeling despair and discouraged and despondent and just hate life. But instead, I kept typing while I was crying. I just kept going. I kept pushing through. I kept trying and every step that I took knowing that he was in my boat with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the same for every single one of us. You can apply your situation, just take out my story and chuck yours in there and guaranteed it's a really similar place that we're both sitting in. Today, What's the takeaway? What, what is it that, that comes from these moments of pushing through? I wrote this and I'm going to read it because I just wrote it before we started so it's not necessarily in my brain. Don't run away from the challenge, the problem, the situation. Face it. Run to it. Embrace it. Let the abrasive situation build our character How? How is this resilience built? It is built through difficult times and coming through those times, not being perfect, but coming through those times and adding more tools to our kit that strengthens us from the inside out. See, depending how we navigate these difficult times, these testing times, these hard times, depending on how we navigate will profoundly impact our future. And that is truth. Depending on how we step into that place where we're going to build the elasticity is going to be the very, very pinnacle of us building a character that goes beyond our talent, beyond our skill and beyond our natural ability of being amazing. This very core of resilience that can be in us will sustain what comes out of us. That is the message this morning. I'm going to leave you with two and then I'm done. The thing that I'm most excited about and the thing that I hope that in all that kind of information that you, we grasp onto these two considerations is that when I read this story, And I read this story over and over because every struggle and strategy and thing that I face is another layer that I'm building that muscle stronger and have to tackle it a different way. But always knowing that Jesus is in my boat to help me navigate and steer where I need to go. Number one, I have comfort knowing that Jesus is in the boat when there are storms and when there aren't storms. The consistency is in and through him. And number two, Jesus stays with us in the storms, has authority over the storms to finish it up where he says, he rebuked them saying, stop, calm, and there was peace and it settled, boom, done. 
didn't change the circumstance, but it settled the situation. Instant calm came. Clarity was then a picture for him and us to see. Because we have that relationship with Jesus, we have access to that authority that allows us to say, calm down in the name of Jesus. We'll get through this. We'll see your face, your plan, your purpose, your vision. So no matter what goes on around us, we can access the peace and authority of Jesus every single time. Why? Because he's in the boat. Awesome. I'm going to pray and then Mark's going to jump up and we're going to wrap up this morning. Father, I just thank you so much for the truth of your word. That today, that we have received a heart revelation, that we can understand and can access your authority in our lives, believing, trusting and knowing that at every stage, at every step, no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, you are in the boat with us. That authority, safety, security comes from you. That we're able to navigate our future, our situations, our tests, our difficult times, our storms, knowing that we have your strategies, your plans and your purposes. God, I pray that supernaturally across this place today, that everybody has a revelation of your absolute undying commitment, love and absolute authority in their lives because of you. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we just seal these words into our hearts today, knowing that we will walk from here being stronger, fitter, clearer and just more courageous because of you. In your son's mighty name we pray. Amen.